recording live from Parkview Studios. You are listening to The Brothers Catch-Up. This is a podcast where two brothers come together once a week and have a general conversation where they just catch up. We thought maybe there'd be people out there who want to listen along, so we appreciate you if you are tuning in. My name is Sal Biazzi, and with me is my brother, Frankie Biazzi. And the two of us um, just want to lead you along a little conversation, so hopefully if you like what you hear, you can subscribe and look forward to this podcast as a weekly occurrence and part of your routine. I am very excited to, to start this. We've been talking about we it for been, years. We have been talking about doing a podcast forever, and I think now is a perfect time to start a podcast. With everything that's going on. Get into it. Put it out there. If you listen, great. If not, who cares? It's something for us. And we'll enjoy it. Just have a creative outlet where we can kind of have our, discuss our ideas and put it out into the world. Yeah, I agree. Because we talk so much. And I think a lot of times when we talk, there's things that we want to, wish we could have preserved and they're just gone forever. Yeah. And I think we're generally excited to share things that we're interested in. We're definitely going to talk about things that we find entertaining so that generally will include some sports that definitely is going to include some current events both of us are very opinionated about you know politics and then other happenings in the world and probably some miscellaneous stuff i know that i have some things i definitely want to talk about today um so why don't we start with what have we done today like today was an interesting day for the two of us yeah we, where um, did you where were you just a few weeks ago so few weeks ago i was in florida i was working at a private country club as an assistant golf professional and originally from new jersey wanted to get back and left it me and my fiance drove up and, and now, here. now we're here we're living in new and jersey we're doing again. Episode one. and we're doing episode one and it feels great i I've, <laughs> I've only been been back for a week and i've absolutely loved it the weather's been pretty good hasn't really been awful Not yet so cold. that's nice we already have dogs barking. But yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to be back and um, start life here. And it's really cool that you move back at a time where the Miami Dolphins are a successful football team. Very exciting. <laughs> Frankie and I are both diehard Miami Dolphins football fans. It is also nice that I now get to be in a position where I'm coming back, the Dolphins are good. And I'm in a new career where, like, weekends, I'm off. Oh, yeah, I get to, like, watch the Dolphins. So yeah, that's very exciting. exciting. Today we went nuts. Um, it was so exciting seeing Tua Tungvaluwa play good football, level-headed football, protect the football, and then take out a win. That's very comfortable and very nice. I'm already willing to <laughs> say he's the guy. The, the well, yeah, I, but I thought that weeks ago. Not I thought only that before he, he was drafted. Not only is he the guy. When like, his I think, hip exploded, I was like, Tua's still the guy. Remember, when his hip exploded, you called me that game and said, this is good for us because he's going to fall in the draft. And no one's going to pick him. Turns out you're right. Also, I'm, a lot, I'm right about a lot of things. Saw someone on Twitter not say uh, about Kyler Murray and how good he is. and You know the, the age-old argument, like, if you're going to start a franchise... Who would you start with? And it's always Mahomes. Well, after Mahomes, who is it? And this person said Kyler Murray. And then all the replies in there, you know, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson still has years left in the in the league, Deshaun Watson. Haven't started to see the two in names yet, which is fine. It's only been three weeks. But I'm willing to say 
I would start my franchise with Tua. And guess what? My franchise is starting with Tua. And so I'm let's go. About it. Let's fucking go. The interesting thing about Tua is he hasn't done anything really that it lights up the stat chart Have yet. Have we decided that we're going to curse on this podcast? I probably I think I just dropped curse. the first F-bomb. <laughs> I so. will definitely curse. I apologize. We're from New Jersey, so it's part of our vernacular. Um, why, but, why are you a Dolphins fan in New Jersey? I know why I'm a Dolphins fan well, in New Jersey. I was just early immersed in the Dolphins, you know, 90s kid who watched Ace Ventura and had a mom who liked the Dolphins from the 70s, so it's just translated, obviously, your mom liked like, the Dolphins. Yes, you were a Giants fan. So, yes, yeah, so like, mine's weird, because, like, I was a Giants fan initially, but I was never really a big sports guy, and when I did watch sports, it was obviously only baseball, we're both diehard Yankee fans, but never really watched football. Yeah, I watched the Giants Super Bowls, but I didn't watch that team, I had no connection to the team. Once I decided, okay, I'm going to go into football, I'm going to start watching football, it just made sense to be a Dolphins fan, so that we could talk about it. Yeah. And, and now it, here we are talking about it, so hey, good choice. And even in the short time you decided to be a Dolphins fan, you, um, you know, you had to see a lot of bad football. Yeah, so. which, you know... Like heartbreakers. <laughs> not a bandwagon. Didn't jump on a, a good team. Yeah, for but. sure. And then we just... After we watched the Dolphins get the win, we flipped on that Bills-Cardinals game, and oh, Kyler man. Murray, with the dagger at the end, we were ready, we were so pissed. Like Kyler for, Murray's internal clock for the, the feel of the game was so bad, Yeah, he won the game. So, so it's whatever. Who do you need to say? But I, I could be wrong, but I thought it was 54 seconds when they got the ball back. I think so. It was a lot. 54 seconds. They ran three plays with two timeouts, like and they ran the clock down all the way to 21 seconds. Yeah. That's crazy. You could have ran five plays. And his scrambling, while good, was driving me nuts. Just scrambling, the clock's oh running out. God. I had, I was so We were so frustrated that whole final drive. We were frustrated when Josh Allen threw the touchdown. He's very good. He's like the worst really good quarterback I've ever seen. I'm telling you. All right. We, we watched the end of that game. In that two minutes we watched Josh Allen play, the touchdown pass to Diggs, and then... The first down pass to Beasley were both incredible plays, but not because of Josh Allen. Those were incredible plays because of his receivers. It's like the opposite of what's happening with Tua and his yes. receivers. Because yes. his receivers are like costing him drops and all sorts of things. But the Bills lost. The Dolphins gained ground. The Bills have a bye week next week. We play the Broncos. Drew Locke looked awful again today. Drew Locke's not good. Ooh. I kind of like Drew Locke still, like but yeah. don't like Drew Locke. It wasn't a good day for him. It wasn't... <sighs> The Texans. Dolphins move up the draft chart. Amazing. That game was 3 nothing. We weren't watching the early slate of games. Obviously, we were, at, we were at our uncle's house watching the Masters. And so we didn't... I, I don't have... I don't know what happened in those early games, but it was 3 nothing for yeah. most of that game. Yeah. That's pitiful football from uh, the Browns, Browns and the Texans. They're both terrible. Imagine if we lose our playoff spot because the because Browns. Because the Browns. Oh, my God. It probably will happen. Well, you know what? With the extra playoff spot this year, I think that really plays well. But at this point, I say, fuck it. Let's go for the division. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We're 6-3. and three. You're just going to beat the Bills. The Bills the just fell to 7-3. and three. They, We win next week. You're tied in the division. And it's, hey, who can win the games going forward? We obviously have to play the Chiefs, but they have to play the Steelers. So we yeah. both have a really hard game. And then our schedules kind of look pretty much the, the same. same. Yeah. So it'll be, it's going to be an interesting test. But, since we didn't really watch the early football games, do we want to talk about the Masters at all? Yeah. 
talk about it. I'm not a golf expert, but I do. I have dabbled. Okay. But Frankie is a very big golf guy. All right. So I'm a big, big golf guy, big Tiger guy. Tiger was out of it. Could have made a move in the second half of the second round when he started that on yesterday on Saturday. You told me. I would. I could pull up the text message. I think. No, because I said it in person. <laughs> oh, it wasn't okay. over text. You told me that Tiger Woods was gonna come out in the morning, birdie five in a row, and no. be in position to win no, no, no. by the by the time he started his third round. Not what I said. And it never happened. He was coming out, and he had he was hitting his second shot on eleven is where he was gonna start, and then he had 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. There's a lot of birdie holes there. What he what I thought could have happened was he comes out, pars eleven, pars twelve. Birdie's thirteen, very reasonable. Par 14, birdie 15. Yes. Okay. That is two more that would have gotten him to seven. And then maybe a birdie 16. And that's what, so you either take two or three birdies. Would have gotten him to seven or eight. And then he's there. He's in the mix. He did none of that. He made one birdie, rest pars. Then he starts his third round, does nothing. So, whatever. He's, he's done. <laughs> but the big story is obviously DJ. Second major, first green jacket. Dude is just unconscious this whole week of him playing golf. He was just, didn't miss fairways, didn't miss greens. He was probably doing cocaine. No. See, we can't just be <laughs> slandering Dustin Johnson like that. All right, right. But it was pretty, I will say it was pretty boring Masters. DJ made it pretty boring. No one, the, the names around him were Sungjae. Yeah, he, he was, it was Cameron went Smith, to a Masters party. Dylan Fertelli. Like I said, I'm not a big golf guy. You're a big golf guy. Yep. And a big Tiger guy, as you specified. We went to a Masters party today with family. Had a great time, but the Masters itself wasn't the most interesting. No. But, to be honest, I do like the... I just like when the Masters is on. Because it's great to watch. Yeah. Visually, it's visually just it's pleasing. A, it's a, Yeah, it's a nice time. It's a nice watch. But it wasn't the most exciting golf I've ever watched. Justin Thomas completely fell off. If Roy McIlroy and Brooks Kepka got off to better start, all the people that I hear about all the time are never good when I watch golf. Yeah, but you watch golf at the majors. Like it's very hard in golf to like yeah, show but, up. But like speed kind of to okay, me, speed, it seems like speed okay. sucks because he does right now. <laughs> speed, you don't watch golf, you don't know. Speed has been like dead basically for the last year and a half, two years. He's been doing. He comes out, he'll have like one good round out of four, most of the time only out of two because he's missing cuts. So like speed doesn't look good. Ricky, Ricky's Ricky's gone, he does nothing. But like, John Rahm was up at the top. Justin Thomas and DJ, those are the top three guys in the world, they were at the top. And John Rahm and JT both kind of faded. JT hung around a little bit longer. I'm just waiting for my boy Hideki Matsuyama to win. Matsuyama will never win a major. He's going to win a major. Book it. (laughs) Tommy Fleetwood, never win a major. Book it. (laughs) Those guys are probably so. Are be so Ricky Fowler here. Never win a never win a major. <laughs> if this gets back to them, I don't mark it down. Come come talk to me. I will not change. We'll have you on the podcast. I will tell Hideki Matsuyama to his face. He will never win a major because oh. he won't understand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe he would. I don't think he speaks English. He has a translator, just like some well, did. But a lot of the guys who use translators probably understand. They just, you know, rather use translator. Nah, I don't know. Um, but that that's pretty much it for Masters. That was good. That oh, was a but good that's time. Rory and Brooks. If they didn't get off to a bad start, they could have been more in the mix. Would have been really fun. 
But in the end, DJ just kind of stomped everybody and wasn't even close. Oh, and Tiger made a 10 today on a par 3. Oh, that was... Tiger, no good. That was bad. That's not what you want. But that's about you it. Wanna, you want to pick up the 10s at Denny's. You don't want to have a 10 on a par 3. It was Perkins <laughs> where he was picking up Perkins. those 10s. Perkins. Those right. weren't 10s. You like, look at pictures like... <laughs> Tiger. Tiger. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. That's what happens when you're Icarus. You get too close to the sun. You're just like, yeah, this will work. So, I, we had to look something up today about pimentos. <laughs> well, pimento olives. Because, like, what, okay. What a, big, wait, hold on, wait. Can we oh, start this with... Yes. Uh, here's the thing I'm scared to ask. Okay. What is a pimento? <laughs> it's a pepper. Because the... <laughs> Because, like, the pimento olive, right? Yes. Because this kind of ties into the Masters. Okay. Pimento olive. It's, I know the it's, olive I know it's the, the green olive. The olive, olive the is red the olive, yeah. But at the Masters, they're famous. I've never been to the Masters, but they're famous for when you go there for, like, $1.50, you can get a pimento cheese sandwich. What's pimento cheese? <laughs> the olives? Pimento but No, I guess no. you're telling me it's a pepper. Pimento is the little red pepper that they put in there. They shove it in. I thought that, uh, I said, we were eating at the Masters party we were at, there were green olives. We are Italian, so there are olives wherever we go. Whenever we have a family gathering, there will be an assortment of olives. I the feel green... like the green olives with the pimento is like the most That's... white olive. Like, <laughs> like, I know black olives are like, just anyone can eat a black olive. But like, the green ones with the pimento in it. Like, and they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But we had the conversation about... Who puts that in the olive? Is there one guy? I was sure it was just a few Italian ladies shoving peppers in the backs <laughs> of olives. But it turns out that's not the case. You know, there's not just <laughs> little old Italian women just poking holes in, in olives and then stuffing it with a And then shipping them around pepper. the world. How many there's... pimento <laughs> olives do you think are produced each year? Probably a lot. I think we might have to get our... Fact, we, well, we watched, fact checker on this. We watched the video of the machine that pokes the holes in the olives, pits the olives. So there's an X on the one side of the green olive. That's where the pit comes out of. They shove something right through the olive and poke an X on the other side. It squirts out. So you watch the machine do it, and then it shoves anything you want in the olive. You could put cheese. I want one of these machines. I don't know how you get enough olives to make the machine useful. What's crazy to me what? is in that video that we watched. Yes. We'll link the we video. We should link it with, somewhere. Yeah, we're going to link the video. Because if this. you're listening to this, you should watch and if you it. get to this part and you, you're you like, oh, I want to know <laughs> the process. Of make sure you subscribe to the, the podcast. The best thing to look out for in this video is the music choice in the background. <laughs> it is the most... It's it's, like, it's, all right, so the video itself is very boring. You know, it's just like the... It's process like, of a pentapoke. It's like an amateur how it's made. The music is like... Yeah, yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's very, like a very upbeat and excited for these olives. Also, I cannot find how many pimento olives are produced each year. Oh my but I'm just going to call it... A lot. Seven million. It's probably more than that, I think dude. Even more? <laughs> dude, there's seven billion people on the planet. There's definitely way more olives You think there's that. an there's olive for each person? <laughs> Person gets, each person gets one olive. Oh, but you're Matt. It's like one olive per million people. Here's an article from 2014. What are pimentos and how do they get inside olives? So you're not the <laughs> oh only one God. who's asked oh, about... Oh, I'm so happy that other people are asking these important questions. 
That's incredible. But we'll just never. Uh oh. Oh man. Uh-oh. I hope that didn't delete all of our recording. Uh oh. No, we're still now we're good. All right, there was a computer glitch, so we'll see what this sounds like in post. So right in that place, <laughs> there a robot crashes into the house. We're um. So I, is that all we want to talk about with the pimentos? Because I know it's on our notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't have much on the pimento olives. Just watch the video with the pimentos and let us know if you think it's interesting or if you knew that there was a specific machine that could fill your olives with whatever uh, filling you dreamed up. It injects, it, their, to use their terminology, What I hope olive. is that there's another person out there who also was scared to ask what a pimento is. Yeah, but they don't let them know, hopefully. Walmart used to have... Oh, you know what? Am I going to be wrong here? Maybe. It's not the green olives. We are, are going to be a fountain. Our, our, can I just say before you finish this point? Yes. Remember it. I want this podcast to be a fountain of disinformation. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you hear from this podcast, you, you, can take it, check. you can take out into the real world and I, spew it. It'll be mostly it'll incorrect. Be mostly wrong. Our father today. <laughs> <laughs> our father today. Out of nowhere. It wasn't prompted by anything. Just real, real self-assured and assertively said. Every person's... On the planet. On the planet. From their elbow to their wrist is 17 inches. (laughs) I immediately called bullshit. We got a tape measure. Measured two elbows. It took all of two elbows to find out. That's not right. Yeah, we myth-busted that. So when we questioned him on why that was like... Why did he think wrist to his elbows explanation was? His explanation was, I don't know. I just, I just always thought. I, I just, always thought that. Like, what do you mean you thought that? I just one day he thought up. This is a thing. <laughs> that's a fact. That's how I go about life. So too. that's how our podcast is going. That's how we be. were raised. So, so there take, you go. Take that stat out into the world. Your elbow from your wrist, seventeen, 17 inches, inches. No matter who you are. Tell no matter friend. what size you are. There's a human being on this earth who's only like I think twenty inches. The distance from the, their wrist to their elbow... It's their whole body. ...is 17. Also, like, he didn't specify age. No. Like, clearly, a baby's... Babies? 17. <laughs> said never grows. The forearms <laughs> on babies are just crazy. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Yes. Anyway, what I was saying, the Walmart, they, used, they had the tall, skinny jar of the green olives stuffed with... I want to say it was feta cheese... Oh, yeah. I like them with garlic. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. No. Big garlic cloves. Mm. No. That's good stuff. Garlic has grown on me, but not enough to just be eating chunks Raw of it in an olive. garlic in an olive. It's good. Although, when I was in Spain... That's how you know you're Italian, I'm telling when you. When me and Amanda went to Spain, every restaurant you go to, like, instead of appetizers, they were just, or, like, bread here. Yeah. They were just giving you plates of, like, different types of olives. Greatest thing in the world. We should adopt that here. Every restaurant you go to should just give you a plate of olives. I would like it, so I'm in. That sounds like a great plan. I feel like I could actually talk. I I didn't think I'd want to talk about olives, but <laughs> people have a very like people feel very strongly about. I olives. hate olives. I hate olives. But like, there's so many olives. olives, and so many of them are different. Are there right. people who are just like eh about olives? Maybe. I think it's like one way or the other. It is one of those things that tends to bring out people's negative reaction. There are a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, I hate olives." Yeah, people hate, hate them. People hate oh, olives. That's harsh. Like, that, I don't is, hate that is a weird one. But olives. But they like olive oil. It's on everything. Avocado oil. <laughs> Substitute. Higher smoke point, better for cooking. Oh. Thank you, you Sam, the cooking guy. Okay. 
Another more disinformation. No, no, that's true. <laughs> I think I've never fact checked him though, so it could All be right, wrong. See, we know nothing. That take that forward. So I also wanted to mention a little bit about us, a little bit about our personal political journeys, a little bit if you wanted to share. But I wanted to mention we are obviously. Like we said at the beginning of the podcast, interested in a lot of current events and all that. I was obviously going to touch on political topics. And if you follow any of us on social media, you'll know, at least you I know, am pretty outspoken politically. Where you always you always see, like, people want their podcast to be an escape from reality. Yeah. No, no, no. No. We want this podcast to, <laughs> to be... To hit you over the head with reality. To be a claw into... Wake up! The real... Like, hey. This shit is real. In the beginning, we can have fun. We can talk about sh- uh, different stuff, but... Eventually, I do think we'll kind of always go There'll back be to something politics. Political. And... It'll come out. So you'll probably hate us or like us. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But we're we're not going to shy away from our opinions and what we think of things. And it's obviously important that if people disagree, they do it in a way that's healthy and productive. But I'm going to be honest now because going forward, I'm sure if we ever have any sort of audience of any sort of size. I'm not apologetic for the things that I say. However, I will admit that there are moments in time that I'm probably too harsh. And I do say things that I don't entirely mean. But I'm a human being. And all I want for everyone is what is best for the good of our society. And the good of humanity. And there's no malicious intent behind any of my political beliefs. There's no malicious intent behind any of my brother's political beliefs. We're not alt-right extremists. We're not violent conspiracy theorists. I do like to, on social media, ham it up, though, because it's been so f- it's been so long. I will say, I think you jumped the gun there, okay. showing <laughs> our hand of saying, going right to, we're not all right extremists. Therefore, you kind of already know where we lie. Yeah. But, <clears throat> that's fine. Let's get out of the way. Yeah. We're both, currently, I think we're both right of center. Yes. Uh, Trump supporters. Yes. Unapologetically Trump supporter. I won't, Very I won't proud. Go, but I think in context, instead of turning this off right away, if you're if you're listening, is let's kind of start. How did we get here? Because yeah. like both of us, we're both Democrats. We're both Democrats. Both registered Democrats. I voted for Obama twice. I voted for Obama once. I'm younger. Yes. And then I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary in 2016. So I think it's important to kind of go over that. Just so people can understand that it's, you know, like, it's not, we haven't always been conservative and we're just this conservative. I, I st- to this day, I don't think I'm conservative. I don't no. think I'm very conservative at all. I, I still hold a lot of very liberal beliefs, but there's a lot of things and facts that I believe in and strongly that, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's not even for me speaking personally about left and right, Democrat, Republican, yeah, I use those terms because I think that's just the trap of human language for us in speaking English. You know, we have only limited terminology to describe our current situation. Unfortunately for Democrats, the political establishment Democrat, to me, is a wholly corrupt institution. And not to say that the GOP isn't corrupt, but that's why I voted for Trump. And I know my brother feels similarly. Trump, to us, represents something outside of a system that was beyond repair. Had Hillary Clinton won to us, I think it would have represented the end of society. At least American society the way we know it. As we know, it was the end. 
Um, and that's horrifying but, to and, us in that context. 100%. I'll go back to the day, it was after the election in 2016, after I voted for Trump, and all of a sudden I'm in this new place now. Okay, I, a couple months ago I was, I was this Democrat, I, I, had, I considered myself a progressive, and all these different things. I and, canvassed and for Bernie here, Sanders. And now here I was saying, knocked on doors. On an off day from work, you came with me. We went to the courthouse to unregister as a Democrat. Yeah. I didn't just say, okay, this election cycle, I'm going one way and I'm just going to stick with my... No, no, no. I had I, to get out. Th- I was so betrayed, and that's a strong word. I was. I felt betrayed by the Democratic Party, Yeah. what they stood for, what they were doing, and I felt like I had to just... I had to leave it. It wasn't good enough to just be like, well, I'm, not, I'm just not going to vote for them anymore. No, no, no. You don't get my... You don't even get to call me a Democrat anymore. Yeah. Because I don't think you are what I am. You don't stand for anything that I, stand that I stand for. And what's interesting is in 2016, the Democrats clearly took the nomination from Bernie Sanders and gave it to Hillary Clinton. It's the fact that most, I think most of the political, the politically aware people in this country recognize at this point. That the 2016 primaries were a blatant hit job on Bernie Sanders. Like, I mean, from day one, the, the superdelegates. Yeah. The day one, the superdelegates were just for Hillary Clinton. Yes. <laughs> like, that was crazy. It was, it was just like, day one, uphill battle. We're running, to win we're running a race. Back. We're running a race, and one candidate's going to start with, you need 4,000 votes. One candidate's going to start with 2,000. The other candidate's going to start with zero. He's going to have zero name recognition. He's going to be labeled as some nut job socialist and he's running up against the most politically recognized person probably in the entire country if not the world and after like clean queen he succeeded he he built up that campaign he gathered all the support very grassroots and i mean the the energy we felt around bernie was was real we spent nights walking around the neighborhood and just having these conversations about bernie and and then, what the future of this country could be. And then the we difference. watched, and then we watched as they called New York immediately while purging people in Brooklyn off the voter rolls. They had to show up and got provisional ballots that ended up in the trash. We, or we saw them call California we were, without counting we votes. We were at the Yankee game, what was it, the day before yes. the, the New York primary? And we kind of had this feeling like, Bernie's going to do it. Bernie's yeah. going to win New York. Like, he can do this. And then he, then the, the early... The early polls kind of came out and it looked good for Bernie. Yeah. And then, then it didn't look good for Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened. Didn't look good for Bernie. Bernie loses New York. But Once he loses like... New York. But even before all that, it was the caucus states where Bernie would crush it with the people who could actually show up. And then the mail-in ballots. It always comes back to mail-in. <laughs> always comes back to mail-in. <clears throat> but we don't, I mean, obviously... We're going to feel differently than a lot of Democrats on these issues, but that was part of the reason why we left the Democratic Party, because it made you wake up to the fact that the election system was, was, it, it was horseshit. It was fake. It was, <laughs> hey, we decided Hillary Clinton is going to be our, our gonna candidate, yeah. and, he's gonna, and she's going to win. She's going to be the next president, so therefore, we're not going to do any work. We're not going to campaign in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, or, or Michigan, and then blame it on Russia. Yeah. All that crap. But And then they were sued in court. And the judge, the ruling eventually just came down as, hey, uh, we're a private entity, the Democrat Party, so like we don't have to stay and hold to any sort of standard. We can just pick the candidate we want. And the judge was like, yeah, you're right. But it was exempt, 
emblematic of how the 2016 general election went. In these liberal places, these stronghold cities where mail-in ballots flood in. The rejection rate for mail-in ballots in 2016 was about 3%, I believe. And right now across the country, the mail-in rate, and especially in places like Pennsylvania and Detroit, the rejection rate is like 0.003%, like 100 times lower. That's crazy. You change the rules right before an election, right before an election, almost unilaterally in most states. I know in New Jersey, I had no say. I'm completely... The governor made a decree that the election was just going to be different this year. You can't vote in person. You have to vote by our new mail system, which is way more vulnerable than the in-person vote, which is already very vulnerable. And I'm kind of kind of tired of seeing it online. Of like, well, we always, we've always had mail-in ballots. Mail ballots are always a thing. Not yes, like this. Yes, mail-in ballots are. Yeah. Not this. No. Not in... In not where Tens of millions of people is are getting mailed a mail-in vote. And the voter rolls across the country are notoriously bloated with... I mean, we, it, it feels redundant. I know a lot of people have touched on these issues, and I don't want to, like, beat a dead horse, but this is just from... Just from that point of view, I don't know how you could view this election as fair. But then on top of that, the fact that the media is so biased in this country. And social media is so biased in this country. Like, one of my big fears about this podcast is that who's going to... Are we going to be hosted, like, if we have point of view that's conservative? At least pro-Trump? In this era, no. Same, where Trump is going to make a legi- Trump is going to make a legitimate legal case to keep yes. his seat in the White House, and they're going to do everything they can to censor his point of view, no matter what the facts find. And saying that you're pro-Trump, yeah, or have these views, is scary, which is crazy. That like ha- having support for president is a, a dangerous thought at this point. Yeah. I mean, last night we saw it in D.C. They had the rally for Trump and. No, all day, fine. Millions of, of Trump supporters there. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands, whatever. Misinformation. Million Trump supporters. <laughs> Ten million. There was a billion <laughs> Trump supporters It was there. insane. But More then, people than exist in America themselves were in there. D.C. And then, at the end of the night... Go look that up. Then at night, <laughs> the Antifa crowd comes out. Yeah. The Black Lives Matter crowd come out. And we get violence. Which... We've we've been saying this for a while. What's what is going to be that one event that kicks it off and here we go full on civil war? Like it does it happen? I hope not. I um, it's scary though. It is scary. I mean, there's there's at some point I, there's I've gonna s- be a something that just takes it over the edge and yeah, like some people are gonna get serious. There yes. are nut jobs on both sides. Yeah, hundred percent. And the left, sorry, your side has been nuts for years. And I know you're going to bring back the individual right-wing extremists, but they don't represent anything about the left. Meanwhile, Black Lives Matter is a pillar organization in your party, and they are always surrounded by Antifa thugs who are willing to punch people in the black of night, covered in black they've shot people. They've hit people over the head with bike locks and pipes. It's insanity. They're throwing bricks at police officers constantly. I, I still can't get over to like this is America. This is America. This is America, and this is what we're dealing with, which is why I'm saying like I mean Joe Biden supporters have the audacity. No offense if you're just a if you're just like an average Joe Democrat and you believe in certain issues. That's why you voted for Joe Biden. I appreciate you. 
be an informed voter, vote your conscience, because that's really where you fall. But if you're someone who just out of the instinct in your heart hate Donald Trump, I urge you to take a step back and recognize Donald Trump is the vessel of which we are trying to deliver a message to the corrupt establishment that is the political status quo in this country. Which, no, which Joe know. Biden, yes. which Joe Biden represents, and it is Joe Biden supporters who are constantly in the streets in American cities, burning things down, smashing up businesses, injuring people intentionally or not. And I get it, police brutality is an issue. That's one of our founding political issues, Go actually. back to both of our Facebook pages. I deleted my original Facebook page. Okay, never mind. Don't do it. But <laughs> like, you can do mine. You can go yeah. back. I mean, I, I had Facebook statuses about Ferguson nonstop, Tamir Rice. I mean... It's an I issue. Was, I, it's not like I've changed overnight. Like, I, I think, actually, my beliefs are pretty, pretty consistent. Yeah. But to act like the issue is worthy of the type of unrest that's happening is, is naive. What's actually happening in this country is a political it's a coup that's been happening for years. Yes. Unfortunately. And they're and they use the left uses these moral standings to control narratives and they and control the masses with their idea of, hey, if you're against us, then you're against police brutality. It's like, well, yes. no, I'm not for police brutality. <laughs> just because I'm I'm not a Democrat. Yeah, but, but that's, I mean, that's the picture. They both hate. sides are guilty of stuff like that. Like, I mean, people, that happens with the abortion issue a lot. Like, you're for yeah, true. Like, literally killing children, and a lot of the time, that's definitely not the case. So, but they have the audacity to say things like, you know, we we're not trying to erase history. Meanwhile, they're trying to censor literal people from the face of the internet. They're trying to pull down everything that's representative of what made America what I think makes this country so desirable for people to come to. They don't like people like Thomas Jefferson and Ulysses S. Grant. And, you know, the list goes on. George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. They, they vandalize statues across this country of legitimate heroes of America. They're destroying the cultural fabric of this country deliberately. And then, having, then again, they tell you that's not what they're doing. But, but it's literally the goal. What does it do, right? Like... Yeah. The Columbus Day is now National Indigenous Peoples Day, and all, and all of these things—the taking down of statues—the what does it do? What do, is it actually accomplishing anything, yes. or is it just no? Is it? What I is it doing? What is it actually accomplishing? I think it's just there to. Okay, now you now we feel better. No, it's like it doesn't on, change the past on, on that level. Like I think on the personal level, for individuals, it's that like they feel better. But I think at the bigger picture, like we step back and look at the goals of the this government or whatever we want to call the people that rule us. Like I don't think a government government usually implies consent. And I don't know if the the American people have consent over what goes on in their government. So I don't know what you call this this dictatorship. And even with Donald Trump as president, I think the United States government as one thing often acts more like a dictatorship. Um, in con in conjunction with big media. You know, with Facebook and, and Twitter and their ability to censor and stifle. It's it's so bizarre to see, on, be on Twitter and see a tweet from the President of the United States and, like, Twitter flagging it. Oh. Like, Twitter, like, who who are you, Twitter? Oh, my God. Why do you get to be the the all-seeing gatekeeper of, no, this isn't allowed, this is allowed, yeah. this isn't. It. Information gatekeeping has become a real issue. I mean, it's, it's Orwellian at this point. Meanwhile, I mean, meanwhile... It's it's totally a play to get people's consent, you know, and to get control over people. If you can, it's 
you know, you hate to say it, but it's essentially like New World Order globalist tactic number one is to erase what makes people identify with their country. Like they're which trying, is why, which they're is doing why, what they did in the Ukraine. Which in is the why States, I feel, essentially. which is why I feel like more forced into being like every day. I think I get more and more pushed towards the right because I'm being, I'm physically thinking I'm being pushed there. It's like yeah. I can't go back. The left now. It's where where more, do I stand on the left? Where does someone like me? It's definitely go? it's definitely more left. It's left. Le- it's less left and right, and more like globalist nationalist. Yeah. Or new world order or traditional family value. You know, it's this idea that we're moving towards a society that's going to be more connected than ever. And how do we want to enter that phase? But you know of humanity? what? I think that's what it is. I think it's the more connected we have gotten online, the more disconnected yeah. we are getting because it's we're finding out truly how people think. Yeah. Back in the day, you didn't. You might know people's political beliefs. Yeah. Like you didn't know all of their political beliefs, and now we do. Now you go on Twitter and like you, just constant, just overload. Twitter. I'm so sick of Twitter, and I can't give it up because. Sports and shit. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, to depoliticize my, my Twitter account. I think it's impossible at this point. So it's just... It's just nonstop <laughs> arguing with these people who, like, have, like, anime characters as their picture. <laughs> and I'm arguing with them. They can't even be real people. Well, they might like, not. That's another thing we forget. Like, I, I've I'm just, been, I'm just out there arguing with Let's bots. talk about something like Reddit. Right? Like, Reddit was my favorite website... From the years like 2008 to 2014, 15. And then the middle of Bernie Sanders' campaign, that was another tactic they used against Bernie Sanders and they used against Donald Trump, where the media, one-sided social media and news media, pile on disinformation campaigns while accusing you of disinformation campaigns. While Wikipedia is dropping factual emails about Hillary Clinton, they are claiming that Bernie bros are... Spreading Russian Russian disinformation. I was called a Russian bot while flooding the before internet. Before I was a Trump supporter. While flooding the internet with Act Blue, uh, correct the message. Correct the record. Correct the record. Uh, what's the other one? Um, Media Matters bots. What was his name? David Brock. David Brock. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That was all his stuff. Yeah. And it was big news. And yeah. the internet changed. In yes. 2016, and now it's become such an echo chamber for two which, sides that hate each other. Which, this, everything's connected now. It's like, every, <laughs> everything, everything And they did the same thing with Hunter Biden's Biden. laptop. And But this goes, you can go back to Bernie. Well, a lot of people I know were, that were Bernie supporters didn't fully leave and, and have stayed kind of loyal to Bernie. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know. I, I, when he bent the knee. Bernie Sanders is not Bernie Sanders. No. That dude took the money and fucking ran and said, yeah, I'll say whatever you want Oof. me to say. I'll be your your political puppet and I'm just going to talk shit on Trump every day like everyone else does. Shout out to someone like Jimmy Dore who's called him out and says that Bernie Sanders doesn't even mention millionaires no. anymore. <laughs> and now it's billionaires. It's We're over the millionaires and now it's the billionaires. The millionaire's not right. Because he's got a million, <laughs> he got $200 million. He's like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll write a book and get paid for it. <laughs> I'll, take another, people, I'll take a third if Trump really, If Trump really loses, yeah. which I think both of us kind of don't think that's going to happen. I think that's still the most likely scenario is that Trump loses. Wins. Because we have to be real. If we're being unbiased, sure. Trump technically lost the election. Yes. But. Unfortunately. What are people going to do? 
People people can't make millions of dollars writing books anymore. No. Who's going to care about a book about Joe Biden? Nobody. How many political... I love that stat. But it's how all money How many people have bought political books in the past four years? A lot. A lot. But they're going to start coming political after... Political book sales got to be through the roof. They're going to come after Trump. They're going to do everything they after? can. After? Yeah. No. I Really? You think I that? Think I think don't. once he's gone, it's fucking see it. Never no, talk they're going to come again. after him. They're going to make him the focus of everything. Although someone did did say on Twitter, he's like, you know, like Trump is now like the... Like he's the face of the GOP. Yeah, just because you get him... rid of Trump doesn't mean you get rid of Trump. Like, yeah, they're going to make him the focus of everything, and they're going to go after him like legally, the way they did when he was president. Go after him legally. You you put a sitting president through a two-year investigation. They're going to try and quash the... They're probably going to try and quash the Durham investigation if they get into office. Like, that would be the first thing they do. It's amazing what they can get away with if they get into office. I mean, it's a banana republic to me anyway. Like, like I was saying, like I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes ago. Bernie Sanders is snubbing by the Democratic Party that whole coordinated effort to stifle his support around the country was eye-opening. But it was proof to me, something that I believed during the second Obama administration, that the United States government was out of control. And it's essentially the largest banana republic to ever exist. So the fact that Trump narrowly won an election that I already believed they were cheating in in 2016, and they ran a disinformation campaign in 2016 on Russia that we all should, by at this point, acknowledge was at the very least overhype and definitely propaganda, in my opinion. So the fact that we're witnessing it again now in 2020, it's the, I don't need you, New York Times, or you, Washington Post, or you, CNN or you MSNBC, or even you Fox News, to tell me there is no evidence of voter fraud. You can literally go jerk yourself off somewhere. I don't care. Which <laughs> like, is my, that, That's my whole point. Like, like your whole, whole existence why? for the last three months was to suppress Trump's support. Why would I yes. ever believe anything that they have to say at this point? Which is the problem in this country. Yeah, is we have problem. a news media... Yeah. That's supposed to deliver news. That has not delivered news for fucking decades, but haven't delivered news in the, over the last four years. Yeah. You've alienated an entire half of this country. For sure. We are lessers. I'm, you think I'm just going to listen to you? No, fuck mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And I know I know it goes the other way, though. Like, I know... I know they feel the same way, yeah. They feel the same way. Which They'll is never, also if scary. If Trump comes out, wins, they take it to the Supreme Court, it... it the, They'll never accept It'll never that. Be okay. So that's what I'm saying. Is we like, need a peaceful... It seems, it seems inevitable that half of this country is going to be pissed. Yeah. And not just, like, pissed, oh, my guy lost. Like, pissed, we have to go to war for it. So, like, if we can't... I don't know how we avoid it. I've seen a few places... Mike Malice... Mike Malice is the one who the, I saw first. The divorce? Yeah, we need, like, an amicable <laughs> divorce. I don't know how we go about that. I think that you'd have all 50 states just vote... Red, blue, and then you look at the map. It's a weird map though because you have two pockets of blue, which is why I think maybe three countries would be in order. You do a a, a left, right, middle yeah. type thing, where it's yeah. like the two on the outside are like the same but different, and yeah. then the guy in the middle is like. But Texas could throw that in a mix. But see, the problem is if we do it by elections, I still don't trust the. <laughs> I don't trust the vote. Like it doesn't have to be. Like we're, it's not like we're fighting for slavery, like back in the Civil War. That, yeah. This doesn't have to be a bloody battle. It's just battle. really ideology. I just don't like you. I just don't like the and ideology. It's fine. Like back in kindergarten, when you when you have a kid in your class that you don't like, 
You don't have to fight him. You just ignore him. I just want to ignore you guys. Yeah. And then you want to ignore me. So let's split your, up. Your states can have the masks and the lockdowns. You can have Biden as president sniffing everyone he comes into contact with. Take, take Kamala, too. Yeah. I Kamala don't can stab him in the back the first second. Put Hillary in charge. Put Hillary in Just leave us alone. But I don't want you... Yeah. To be near the decision-making that goes on in <laughs> our country. Let us have the guns and the land and, and we'll see, the we'll farmers. See, we'll see what country's better. Yeah, we'll just have it go. We'll see. It might be interesting. And we could be united on, like, foreign policy and stuff. Like, that's the whole... We always say that, right? Like, <coughs> America's the... Excuse me, that's not COVID. United States of America was the great experiment. Well, you know what? 250 years later... Re-experiment. Doesn't work out. Let's, oh, it let's, works out for a while, but, like, like we need to we've hit, change it up. We've hit the end of the road. There's a fork. And then Let's the left really wants ways. a new constitution. Then so make like, a new they can make a new constitution. And we can keep We'll keep our old one. And just like rearrange it for the shorter states. The new the and old. States. It's kind of like the Bible. You know, we have yeah, the New the Testament and the Old Testament. What would be the Old Testament? And we can see what happens. We'll see what happens. You guys do your own thing. But make, would we... Make would that, all your laws... But would that still just devolve into war in like 10 seconds? Yeah, because I'm sure like, the economics <laughs> behind it. Yeah, like it's something terrible. In California, theory, it sounds fun, but like, the economics doesn't make any sense because yeah. like you're gonna have states that they take that are way in debt. Yeah. Although, is there any is there any states in this country that aren't in debt? Yes. A lot of I don't think Florida's in debt. Really? That'd be yeah. an interesting thing to look it up. Florida, I think Florida has a balance budget. Oh, oh my god, my dog almost attacked. <laughs> almost just lost Pepper, my get out foot. Don't. Oh, sorry. We're making all sorts of noise now. De- debt? Let's see. That. I mean, there's a lot of debt. State debt refers to any debt owned by a state government. Oh my god. <laughs> so, Florida, this ranked Florida ninth among states in debt and 45th. Okay, that was. What does wrong. that mean, though? Ninth, like. What about ninth least debt? Oh, sorry, I just got really close. Or to ninth point. most debt. Sorry if that was awful. Oh boy. Well, Alabama's got like no debt. See, Some but you know, if you look at per capita, though, Florida's doing better. Mm-hmm. God, it's tough. I just <laughs> don't know how we do it. Yeah, like this, the the that is going to be an obstacle to the. I think we go divorce. back to the gold standard in our states. Like, you can literally trade in gold. And guns. And, bo- and services. You know what? <laughs> what? Honestly, actually, I think I have the, the answer to okay, that. Okay, let's do it. The new United States of America, with Joe Biden as president, <laughs> you take on all of the debt. Because yeah. you're going to work for China anyway. Yeah, you're right. It's like a deal. Like, you know what? It's kind of like a trade, right? Like You take the you, debt. You take the debt, and you take China. Yeah. You That's get both. Good. Therefore, your debt doesn't actually matter no. anymore. We're going to start fresh here. With nothing. We're not going to deal with China. We'll just self-sustain. And we'll bring all the... Oh, that's... But then that... How do you do that? we got farmers. We live off the land. This could be really <laughs> fun. This could be like a really good, like... I feel like you were a teacher, like, running, like, a civics class. Yeah. Like, Here's what we do. And we just, like, we shake hands about it. We just have a good few hundred years and see where we end up. Let's just try it. Pepper... Dog, you've been moderately behaved for most of this podcast. Wow. Well, we covered a lot of topics. Do we we have anything else? Um, 
Is that good? So that's where we stand in the election. That's where we stand on our political beliefs. You'll probably see us if you follow us on social media at any point. You'll see politics. And if you listen, you'll definitely probably hear some politics. Um, lastly, the last thing I definitely wanted to mention in our first podcast is the fact that I'm just happy to have you back in New Jersey. Um, it was a long few years with you down in Florida, but it's been a long time coming for us to sit down and record something like this. We've talked about it for a while. It's really cool to have it now. We'll have it archived. It'll be there. So congratulations to you on our first episode. Let's see if we can we did make it. this. Yeah, we actually it. sat down and did a. Po- this might be our only episode, but you know what? We did an we episode. Did we, we did an episode. It. And we thank everyone out there who was listening because. You know, you didn't have to do that. We really appreciate it. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider listening again, subscribing. If you made it all the way till the end, send me a message on Facebook or Instagram saying you made it to the end. And I will give you nothing in return because we have (laughs) nothing to give. No. But there you go. But we'll appreciate it. Don't message me, please. Yeah, actually, that's that's a terrible (laughs) idea. (laughs) Get the fuck away. I don't (laughs) want Oh my gosh. Alright, well thank you and have a good night. What's the name of our podcast? I want to still call it The Brothers Ketchup. Okay. And the intro should be What's up everybody? Because <laughs> it's like a squirt bottle. No. No, I think we should be like recording live from Parkview Studios. The laundry suite. The laundry company. <laughs> Same day service. <laughs> this is sponsored by the laundry company. Same day service. Wash, dry, fold, and press. <laughs>